Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise right now. Let's thank our worship team. Thank you so much. Well, it's great to be here with you this morning. Please, if you've got a Bible, open up or it will be on the screen. 2 Samuel chapter 9, reading from verse 1 to 5. David asked, is there anyone still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba, and there he summoned him to appear before David. And the king said to him, are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, he is at the house of Micah, son of Emiliel, in Lodabar. So the king had him brought to Lodabar from the house of Micah, son of Emil. I want to talk to you today about connecting to God's kindness. Next week, Lee will be speaking on how to connect to the Father's love. And so don't miss Father's Day next week. But as I was reading through some devotional time, I read a couple of stories that helped me for my own heart, again, to connect to God's kindness. And that's what I want to leave with you today. I want you to leave online. I want you to leave in the house today, leaving with the sense that you are going to be connected again to God's kindness. You know, in this story, when you read about David's statement, he said, is there anyone in Saul's house where I can show kindness? In the next few verses, as he continues to dialogue and ask the question, he says, is there anyone left in Saul's house who I can show God's kindness? And so I begin to think about those two statements, and it helped me realize that when we as followers of Jesus begin to show other people kindness, we're actually demonstrating something of the character of God, that we are also showing people God's kindness. In fact, that is the way that God uses his church. The only way that God can actually demonstrate his kindness is through humanity, through the church. And that's what we've been called to do. When we look at God's kindness being demonstrated throughout the Bible, we can see that continually through the Old Testament and to the New. When we see an ultimate act of kindness, we can look to Jesus Christ, who God sent his son into the earth to demonstrate his love, to show the world kindness because he needed to pay the price for the sins of the world. John 1 tells us that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Through him all things were made, talking about Jesus, and without him nothing was made that has been made and in him was life and that life was the light for all mankind. John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us for a while. We have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. And so we can see that when God wanted to demonstrate His kindness, not only through the Old Testament, through His grace and His mercy, but He, began, he sent Jesus Christ to the earth to show His ultimate act when He died upon the cross for us, 
But today I want to try and encourage you not only to connect with God's kindness, but we will also leave with knowing His kindness, that His kindness can flow through our lives to people that don't know Him. When we look to the story, we can, we can see some things here which actually reflects what God is like to humanity. Think about this story. David has now become king for a while. And before him was King Saul. This young man that he asked about that was crippled in both feet was actually the grandson of King Saul. King Saul was an enemy of David, even though he invited him to his house to, to minister to him in song and just to help him be his armor bearer. I want to say that King Saul had a jealous eye on him and wanted to kill him. When David became king, the, the, the people that was loyal to Saul still was after him to kill him. And in those days when new kings took thrones, everybody before them, there was a threat to the kingship will be put to death. And by this time, if you think about it, so therefore anybody that belonged to King Saul would be an enemy of David. And so David then, knowing that everyone in King's lineage is dead, Jonathan, who is his best friend, who was, Jonathan, who was King Saul's son, he then realized that everyone that had died according to King Saul, but he asked the question, is there anyone left in, King's, in Saul's household that I may show kindness? Wouldn't you think that when you know that, that your enemies is belonging to this household, the last thing that you want to show them is kindness? In fact, when you read the story, every one of Saul's people that was with him, his sons and his army that was loyal to Saul and even Saul himself, David did not touch any of, the one, any of them to die. It was other people that did the killing, but David left his hands off them because of a promise he made to, to Jonathan. But why would you think that David would actually begin to extend kindness to somebody of his enemy's household? It's because David realized of the grace of God that hit his life. He couldn't believe how far that he brought him and his own family this far throughout trials, tribulations, blessings and curses, but David came through it. And the grace and kindness of God hit David so much that he had to demonstrate his kindness to other people. And so David at this time begins to ask the question, is there anyone else in his household that can show kindness? The word kindness in this context means the steadfast love of the Lord. It refers to extraordinary acts of kindness meeting an extreme need outside of the normal run and perceived duty and comes from a personal affection or pure goodness. This is the God kind of kindness. It's the steadfast love of the Lord as an extraordinary act to meet an extreme need towards mankind coming from the heart of affection and goodness. When people tell you that God is mad with you, you know something? I don't actually agree with that because it actually doesn't represent God's character. Now, God hates sin and God is just, but, but God is not mad with humanity because God weeps over humanity. If God was mad with humanity, he wouldn't have sent his son Jesus to die for humanity. Now, our Father in heaven disciplines those that he loves and God he gets angry at the sin of what it causes to his creation. That's why God gets that kind of anger. But towards humanity, God gave his life for us and God loves us. And it's this kind of kindness that God always wants to communicate 
to mankind. He did that through Christ when he came and laid his life down on a cross. That is extreme kindness to an extreme need to us in our lives. Titus chapter 3 says, But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, Jesus Christ, he saved us not because of the righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. You see, when the world turned against God, God did not turn against the world. Come on, say amen. In fact, when Adam sinned and ran away from God, it was God that ran after Adam. And the same thing in humanity, that when we turn our backs on God, he does not turn his back on us. In fact, he turned aside from his son to pay the price of sin that was upon us so we would no longer be judged. It's this kind of kindness that God demonstrates and what David demonstrates is wanting to show love to an enemy of his life. Can you imagine what this young man thought when the knock came at his door and he said to him, the king wants to see you. I wonder through his mind, did he think my days are numbered? I'm sure that, oh my goodness, I'm one of the last people left in the line of Saul and I know what he did to David. I know that these are going to be my last few hours on earth. I need to get things in order, but he didn't have time for that. And he had to then travel towards the king. Can you imagine what was going through his mind? Can you imagine the things that he was saying to himself? Can you imagine trying to rehearse what he would try and say to the king? Because he knew that his days were numbered. He approaches the king and he is prostrate before him. I imagine that he was trembling and then he heard the voice of the king. Meshibbeth. And next minute he bowed down and it says, he bowed down before the king and paid him honour. And this is at your service. And David replied, do not be afraid. For surely I will show you kindness. And he didn't stop there. I will restore you and give you all the land that belonged to your grandfather and you will always eat at my table. You know, I, I don't know about you, but when sometimes we, we miss God's mark in our lives and then God speaks to us and tells us that he loves us, we can't, we can't get it into our mind because we don't deserve that kind of reaction from this kind of God. And so this young man is prostrate thinking he's going to have end his life and then he hears these words of, of mercy and grace and kindness and restoration and protection and provision over his life. Can you imagine him trying to fathom how, what's going on in his life and his response tells me what he's thinking. He says, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? See, the problem that we have in our walk with God is that we sometimes are so insecure and we live below where we need to live in our, in, our, in our walk with God that when God wants to throw his kindness on us, we respond with we're not worthy enough. Not in a right sense of humility, but we focus on our inadequacy. We focus on our mistakes. We focus on us in the flesh and we don't focus on what Christ has done for us through his Son. 
His response is, how could you notice a dead dog like me? And maybe this morning you're at home or you're in church and you're sat here and you're saying, I know that God's kindness can go on the next person to me, but I don't know whether God would show his kindness again to me because I also would say the same as him, that God, would God notice somebody like me? You see, his story is found in 2 Samuel 4. See, this young man came to the king broken. He came to the king where his walk was crippled. And his story goes back to when he was five years old. And in 2 Samuel 4, it says, one of Jonathan's son, the son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was five years old when the news about him about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. In other words, his father and his grandfather had died. His nurse picked him up and fled. But as she hurried to leave, he fell and became disabled. And his name was Mephibosheth. He became disabled because of somebody else's mistake. It was a mistake that he had been dropped and he became crippled in both feet. This affected his walk for the rest of his life. He lived through this through his childhood from five and all through his adult life. No wonder his response was this, was this from towards the king. And so when you think about his background and his upbringing and his experience, that all came through in a response to somebody showing him kindness. You see, what I want you to know is that you do not know what somebody has gone through in their life. You don't know why people respond the way they respond. Because unless you go back with history and you know who has handled them, maybe the wrong way, you don't realize that you're getting what was done 20 or 30 years ago in our lives. His response is because he was handled and mistreated and misused the wrong way. And because of somebody else's mistake, he was crippled in both feet. Became that with shame because somebody from a royal household would never be brought out in public, never be invited to parties because of his disability. And therefore, he began to wander around with his shame over his life. You know what his name means? Mouth of shame. So not only has he grown up with somebody else's mistakes, they've gave him a name that says mouth of shame. When you think about what this young man has carried, and also the place Lodabar, do you know what that means? No words. You know when somebody's really, up, when you're upset with somebody, and you go, I've just got no words for you. This young man has grown up from five Listen, with his own name being called over his life, a mouth of shame. He lives in a place of no words and he's been dropped by somebody else's mistake and he ends up at a king who wants to bless him and he responds, how can you notice a dead dog like me? You see, when you come to Christ, it begins to restore some things in us. But let me tell you something, it doesn't happen overnight. Because you know, a 20-year journey or a 30-year journey doesn't just happen overnight. 
We have to allow the Holy Spirit to do some work in our lives to help us know that we are loved by him. And this young man needed to know that he was loved, that he was not forgotten. That this king, who he deserved death, wanted to give him life, wanted to restore him, wanted to give him provision in his life. And he was overwhelmed with the kindness of the king. You see, when you know this kind of kindness from the Lord, it helps you in your walk with him. The things that we've been crippled with in our lives begins to get straightened out. And then we begin to love others better from how we've been loved by God. And so it is a journey in our lives. But I want to say to you today, the challenge for us in our lives, that no matter who you are in this room, whether it's physical, all of us spiritually have been crippled. You know why? Because Adam and Eve dropped us. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Through Adam and Eve's mistake, we were dropped. And we're all marred because of somebody else's choices. But here's the, here's the good news. Jesus Christ, when he came, he made a choice to obey God. And because of him, he picked us up. Adam dropped us, but Jesus came and picked us up. And what you need to know is that when this young man was on the floor, face down, the king was about to pick him up. Life had trod him down. Somebody else had dropped him. But this king came into his life to pick him up. And I want to encourage you today, no matter who you are in this room, no matter who you are online, no matter who has dropped you, Jesus Christ is here to pick you up and put your feet upon a rock and to give you a brand new start. Come on, say amen. And listen, it's got nothing to do with you. It's all to do with the promise that God made about his son. I just love this, that King operated out of grace and love because of a promise he made to his father. It was nothing to do with him. And you know, our blessing comes because of a promise God made to the earth through Jesus Christ, his son. I want to tell you today, God is a good God. God's kindness is amazing. And we don't deserve it. We deserve judgment, but God gives us grace. John 3, 17 says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Maybe today, your walk has been affected by somebody in your past. Maybe they have dropped you, mishandled you, mistreated you, misunderstood you. And you carry the effects of the pain of the encounter. Maybe you've been the one who has dropped someone else, let others down, made the mistakes. And you carry the shame and the guilt. But today, let me tell you something, God has not forgotten you. God wants to pick you up. God searches for you and he invites you to his table. He invites you to his table. Song of Songs says, let him lead me to the banquet hall and let his banner of love over me be love. You know, I want to encourage you today that this young man was isolated. This young man would never be invited to any kind of banquet because of shame. And David said, no longer are you going to be hidden. No longer are you going to be ashamed. No longer are you going to be hiding from your, your disability. But I am going to bring you out into the, into the spotlight. I'm going to sit you right next to me. And I'm going to sit you down at a feast. And I want to tell you, there's not a day going to go by where you are not going to be at my table and have a banquet. And you know what you need to know today? That's exactly what Jesus has done. 
You know, when Jesus died for us on the cross, that he brought us out of a pit and he placed our feet upon a rock, but he did more than that. If the Bible tells us that he raised us up and he seated us with him in heavenly places. Isn't it amazing what God does to us that we don't deserve it and we could respond like we're dead dogs like him and we've been crippled in our lives somewhere and we're still, all of us are walking with a limp somewhere, aren't we? We're not perfect. We're all walking with a limp with the effects of the fall and sometimes with the things happened in our past. But Jesus is a restorer. Jesus is a forgiver. Jesus wants to just lavish his kindness upon us. And it says in Ephesians 1, Praise be to the God of and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Ephesians 2 says, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so the king invited this person to come into his household and become part of royalty. And let me tell you something, that's what we have happened to us in our lives. We have become priests and kings. We are a, 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 a royal priesthood and a holy nation, a people belonging to God. And what the problem is in our life is that to live out this kind of Christian life is that you only can do it when you experience this kind of kindness. You can't love others the way that God wants you to love them unless you receive his love for you. Because we only operate out of our insecurity and our limited love. But this kind of love loves enemies. This kind of love loves people that don't deserve it. And we can't do that without we have a download from heaven of the kindness of God and the love of God. The Apostle Paul says, it's the love of Christ that compels me. You can't do anything in your own strength. But when you get a revelation of the kindness of God, that we were dead dogs, that we were lost go into a lost eternity, but Jesus stepped into earth, laid his life down for us, and brought us and adopted us into his family, where we become heirs of Christ, seated at the right hand side of the Father with Jesus. And I'll tell you something, what a place that is. And he says this, you will always eat at my table. I want to tell you something, when you give your life to Jesus, it's a done deal. Now you may have backslidden today, you may be online thinking, I'm not sure where I am with God. Let me tell you something, his love reaches out to you constantly and all we've got to do is just return to him with his love. David says, is there anyone in Saul's house that I can show kindness? Go find him. Jesus said in Matthew 22, he said, he said to the servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. You know, Jesus still invites people to come to his table today. And I wonder this morning that you may be in church, but you may be far away from receiving God's kindness because of your lifestyle, because of the way you think about yourself. But I want to say to you that God wants to get through to you today, that his kindness wants to get through. 
His love wants to get through because you don't deserve it anyway. And he wants you to sit at his table so he can feed you with the blessing of God. No matter where you are today, no matter where you've come from this morning, your background, your story, Jesus Christ invites you to his table where he can lavish you with his presence and his forgiveness. He can remove mistakes. He can remove shame. He can restore you. He can provide for you. And he can give you eternal life. God wants you to connect to his kindness. Let's stand together. I have three ways where where you can practically show some kindness when you, when you know God's kindness. I was reading a story in Acts 3, as Linda preached last week, about the day of Pentecost, and Peter and John were going to pray at the temple. And there was a man at the temple, listen, he was born lame from birth. He was also a cripple. He asked for money. Peter and John says, silver and gold we have not. But what we have, we give to you. Get up in the name of Jesus and walk. You want to show some kindness to people? Pray for people's needs. Allow God's supernatural power to move in their lives. We've got to give people opportunity to experience God. Number two, as I just heard, will you extend your table? Will you extend your table and who you invite into your life? Don't just be closed shop. Don't just have people around your table that deserve to be around your table. Invite people that will be blown away that you, if you would even invite them. Extend your table of kindness to people around you. When you go out into the shops and when you go out, begin to look for you can show kindness to a stranger led by the Holy Spirit. Just be kind to people and extend your table. And thirdly, begin to be generous. The Bible says that God pours rain on the righteous and the unrighteous and provides for them. Be a generous person. That's showing God's kindness. But as I come to close, as we finish our final song, maybe today you need to receive a fresh touch of God's kindness. Undeserved favor. Extreme act from heaven. And I tell you, I guarantee you in this room and you online, I guarantee you there's probably more than 50% of us that would say, I don't deserve it. And that's true. You don't. But God wants to give it to you because that's who he is. He is kind. Love is kind. It's a part of his character. So lift your hands with me. My prayer for you today, see, when you experience God's kindness, you'll begin to live better for God because it's God's kindness that leads you to repentance. I'm going to pray today that you will run into God's kindness this week and that will change your walk with him. Not rules and regulations. That will never change anything. That's religion. The only thing that will change our walk is experience and encounter with God's kindness. I'm going to pray right now for all of us, all of you in the worship team. Come on, Dawn, you can come, guys. 
I want to pray for everyone in this room today, every one of us, all of us, and that prayer is also for my life. I'm going to pray that you will bump into God's kindness, not by mistake, but by design this week. That somewhere this week, next week, you are going to run in and you're going to experience and you're going to say, I know that was God's kindness. And that has the power to revolution your walk with him. I ask God to change your thinking about who you are. You're not a dead dog. You're a son and daughter of God. He, he laid his life down on the cross for you. That's how much you're worth. Everyone in this room, everyone online, you are very valuable to God. Everybody in the worship team, you're so valuable to him. So valuable. And I'm gonna, you're going to run into God's kindness this week, next week. Holy Spirit, those online in your homes right now, I want, you to, I want you to just receive God's kindness. I want you to hold your hands and say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm open my heart. I'm going to receive your kindness coming into my life afresh. I'm open to receive the kindness of God, the undeserved merit favor of his blessing, his provision over your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, would you reveal your kindness to your people afresh, those that, that know you? Father, would you remove the shame that they carry? Lord, those things that cripple them that they've walked in today, Lord, would you loose them off their lives in the name of Jesus? Things they may have carried for years, Lord, I break it off of them right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you for your kindness to change their thinking and their walk. And Lord, if there's anyone in this room, anyone online that doesn't know you, I would never think that this kind of God want to reach that you kind of a person, I want to tell you, he came just for you. And if you don't know him, he wants to release into your life his kindness by giving you forgiveness of all your sins and giving you assurance of eternal life and bringing you into a relationship with him. And all you have to do is receive it. If that's you, let me pray a prayer with you. Father God, just pray this prayer with me from your heart. Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. And now, Lord, I want to receive your kindness. I know I don't deserve it, but I open my heart and I believe you died for me and you rose again. Lord, forgive me and come into my heart and life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let me experience your kindness and forgiveness in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Come on, let's give God a real praise right now.